GM everyone, welcome to Flywheel, your number one source for everything Frax, DeFi, and all that's in between. If you want to know what's going on in the world on chain, you've come to the right place. This is DeFi Dave here with Capital K, and we are here to help you harness the power of the Flywheel. And we have on the Mr. Flywheel himself, the uh, master mechanism designer, along with his team. We have Sam Kazemian, founder of Frax talking about everything Fraxel, answering all your questions, clearing everything up about what's going on on Fraxel, what's going on with FXS, how to cues value to FXS, why FXS is still king, and what is the end game for Frax long-term. You know, this episode got me amped up. I'm fucking energized after this one. I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the shit. What about you, Kit? Bro. All chains leads to Frax and FXS is king. I'm just going to leave it there. All chains leads to Frax though. And you're going to hear it here. First, you're going to hear why. But before we get into it, make sure you go ahead, subscribe to your YouTube. Go ahead, hit that bell button. Make sure you give us a like. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at FlywheelDefi. Give this a retweet. If you're watching it on there, like, reply. You know what to do. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials at FlywheelDefi on Twitter, TikTok, and Telegram, and at, far, at Flywheel on Farcaster. And go ahead, subscribe to our email list for all our latest updates. You do not want to miss it. Incredible amounts of value are there. Sam is leading that. Sam McCola is leading that. So shout out Sam McCola. Uh, at, you know, go to FlywheelDefi.com. Subscribe to that right now. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DefiDave22 and on Farcaster at DefiDave. You can follow you. Where can we find you, Kit? Follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And let's get the flywheel spinning. Do you hold ETH but don't know what to do with it? Want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start? Well, Frax ETH is there for you. Frax ETH is Frax's native LSD solution, allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, Go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into Frax ETH today. All right, everyone. Welcome to a very, very, very special episode of Flywheel. And I really do mean special. I'm your host, ETH by Dave, here with Capital K. And we have Sam Kazemian on video for the first time. I think this might be your fourth or fifth interview. Uh, mm-hmm. And like this is the first time we have you uh, in the flesh. No pun intended. Is it? I'm pretty real, but good to be here, man. <laughs> uh, you know, the this is actually goes in really well towards the end of our last interview we did technically way back in June when it was just all about Frax Heath V2. And then for the last third of the episode, you just went off about the L2 plans for Frax. And then it was Frax Chain. Now it's Fraxel. I remember it got a ton of media coverage back then. And I believe Frax was the first app uh, to like commit to making their own chain, quote unquote. And now you guys are really like the first to deploy um, your own chain. So, you know, congratulations on the launch of Fraxel and, you know, incredible development uh, over the past eight months. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, extremely exciting. Um, I think we've we've basically started a, a new era that I think is as important as like the, the dawn of Frax itself uh, since 2020. And uh, I kind of call this the, the Fraxel era. And I think um, this totally changes the game for for everything from uh, you know the the value of FXS is like a a, a all encompassing token, but also now a chain token, um, and just all the stuff we have planned that will bring together uh, all all of the pieces that we've we've been building for 
pretty much for three years now, right? And yeah. um, really excited to kind of discuss all the all the unique aspects from both the the, the roadmap, also the the unique incentive mechanisms like flocks and, and everything. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, what is Fraxel? And, you know, let's bring clarity here once and for all. And like, how does Fraxel bring utility to FXS? Yeah, good. Good thing we, we start off with uh, the, the questions that matter, right? So, so basically, Fraxel is a modular L2 blockchain built by Frax. And as you know, Dave, who uh, helped name it uh, Fraxel, we have a <laughs> modular scaling roadmap that we call Fractal Scaling. It's a different take of uh, how to scale you know, blockchains. Fraxel is a tech thesis driven chain it's not an app chain um you know originally it was you know the the name was called frax chain uh the development name um part of the reason we came up with the general compute chain uh name and then that you uh astutely uh designed and and helped with was <laughs> and then the branding is that basically uh the idea with fraxtel is that it's not an app chain we want everyone to build on it. We have a very uh, unique roadmap of both incentive layer, which we'll talk about, but also the technology layer. And um, yeah, and even though we have Fraxel points, right, and, and we'll describe exactly what the, the idea and, and the reason for that is, uh, FXS is the token that basically accrues all, all the value. It is uh, hopefully going to be the, the staking token in the long-term roadmap, like the actual uh, blockchain token, right? They, they call it L1 premium or chain premium or something, you know, that, that people uh, talk about. Uh, that's, that's what FXS uh will be in in the fractal ecosystem and in, in, in the fractal world uh it'll govern and both validate different modules and and different technology that we're actually uh deploying and building basically as we speak um and then also it's uh it's a general compute chain in the sense that uh we want people to actually build on it and then also we want them to consider as they grow bigger and bigger uh, to use Fraxel technology or even uh, Fraxel DA and all these things to actually be L3s, Validiums, or even different kinds of app chains that uh, they're able to build with uh, Fraxel technology. So it's a it's a modular rollup. It's a general compute, uh, general purpose rollup, and uh, there's a tech scaling roadmap for it. And uh, like you said, uh, to clear up a lot of uh, things, uh, FXS is king. Uh, I, I like the, the, the that tweet because it was really good. Uh, <laughs> just easy, easy to understand, right? Yeah, you know, just gotta simplify it and break it all down. Like with all the noise and all the questions, you guys say, "Hey, guys, FX is is king. Don't overthink it." Um, you know, something that you said there, which is a really hot term right now, and seems like will be the term of the cycle, is modular. You know, on Frax.com, it says, you know, Fraxel is a modular L2 built by Frax. What makes Fraxel modular and how does it fit into the modular world? Yeah. So first of all, I think just talking about what modularity is, is important, right? Like it. And, and so uh, the, the there's basically two uh, views and I don't want to get too philosophical in, in blockchain space, but it, it's good for, for people to understand. There's basically two views of, of like blockchains. One is like the, the monolithic view that I think right now the, the flag bearer of that is, is Solana. So like you could say this, the Solanian view of the world or something, right, is, is basically uh, execution, consensus, settlement, and data availability. These four things are all packed into one 
big thing, uh, the, a blockchain uh, node, and then basically the the state of the blockchain, all of the assets issued, all of the the liquidity there, all of the value that people are are storing on that ledger on that state is all just packed into one thing, right? So so that's like the opposite of modularity, okay? And so that's like the 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 full view of like. Uh, this is a complete blockchain with all four components, right? And then the modular view is, well, you can actually separate these things out, right? You can separate settlement, you can set, separate consensus, uh, you know, and, and these, these components, right? And execution and, and data availability. And you can build specific types of, of chains, right? Like like right now, famously Celestia, for example, for, for data availability. There's other ones too. There's like Avail Network that's coming out. There's um, there's a few more, like the, the names escape me, right? And then there's like uh, execution, right? Which is like, what is your execution environment? Is it EVM? Is it uh, Cosmosm, right? Which is a lot of what Cosmos chains use, right? Is it is it Solana VM, right? So there's actually a, a L2 called Eclipse uh, that, that we're, we're working with making sure Frax assets are also there, um, which is takes the Solana VM and then it, it does not use the Solana consensus and, and, and Solana's Solana chains, you know, Solana mainnet for data availability posting the blocks. It actually uses Ethereum. So that's why it's called a, a, a Sol, uh, Ethereum L2 with SVM, the Solana Virtual Machine. The Solana Virtual Machine is the execution environment. It's the thing that executes the smart contract so you know like what the actual code uh, does, right? Like like changing people's balances, sending tokens, you know, uh, minting an NFT, whatever, all, all the complex logic, right? And so the view of like the, the modular world is like you can just have different uh, chains um, working on being very specific for different things. Um, and so like Celestia for data availability, Ethereum as well, obviously with Dankun, right? The, the whole thing is that data availability will be very cheap posting data and getting it confirmed that it exists for, for a specific amount of time will be extremely cheap. Will be uh, one to two orders of magnitude cheaper, almost like a hundred X give or take. Right. Um, and so that's the modular view. The modular view is that these things, these four things mainly, and, and some, some other small components and things, they can be separated, they can be combined. Uh, this is also why we say Fraxtal's uh, execution environment is Opstack, it's, it's EVM, it's, it's, it's Optimism. We, we're working with Optimism uh, team closely in terms of some super chain specs. We can all, uh, also talk about that. But the idea is that uh, we have a roadmap where we're able to integrate Fraxtal technology into different kinds of places and different DA, uh, connecting it directly and natively with, with different L1 blockchains, with different components. Uh, and the idea is that this is not like an app chain. Uh, this is a all-encompassing chain. And the, the thing that's important is if you're deciding, like if you're listening to this today, right, and you're like, and you're a developer, you're a team, or you know, you're a user or something, and you're thinking every single week there seems to be some other chain launching, some other like uh, high yield chain or this or that or other L2s or whatever. And they're, they're saying, hey, use my chain. Someone else is saying, I'll pay you more yield, use my chain. My airdrop is bigger, use mine or this and that, right? What do you actually, um, what, what chain do you actually choose for, for like a long-term oriented like view of the world? What do you actually pick 
And if you think about it, if you put yourself in a position where like you're a project that's trying to decide uh, where the first place is or where you're going to think about, uh, you know, dedicating your resources, um, I think it's super important to to basically think like that and and see what chain makes the most sense to build on top of. And I think it, it, it's basically Fraxtal, which is something that has recurring incentives for for usage and, and and block space which is flocks which is i think what we'll get to right and then also something with a long-term roadmap not like something where it's an app chain and then they, they will pay you a bunch of money or, or slightly higher yield to entice you to come and then it depends on you know other software developers as kind of like uh you know roadmap in terms of what they can they can basically uh, fork or use or, or something like that because there's going to be ten thousand of those, right? So, so like the, the it's going to be commoditized and there's going to be very little differentiation between uh, a lot of these chains. And so, uh, what we wanted to do is have like a really, really clear uh, differentiation and and a, a lot of stuff that Frax does basically better than uh, everyone else. Thankfully, because of our our DeFi roots, like protocol and liquidity uh, incentives and yield that are sustainable. That aren't like these these big things, and then they drop off. That's why we've existed. We've continued to to thrive. People have continued to hear about us. People have probably uh, continued to to yield farm or get yield and, and things like that that are sustainable. That come from their real world assets or or different kinds of flywheels, and not just like uh, token emissions and inflation and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you guys have definitely been through it all and through the fire from the inception of Frax all the way back in 2020, back when the you know hybrid algorithmic stablecoin was the narrative and how you guys have evolved has been incredible. You know, thinking about like the projects like that came and went and that were hot at the moment and then, you know, kind of fizzled out. Like it's, I don't think it could be more evident how long-term minded Frax has been, you know, and it's hard for people to, to see that especially with you know the latest trend and everyone's trying to like feel feels like they're behind but frax has been long-term minded since the beginning and something like fraxel has been like it's just you know next in the evolution of it all yeah and and uh i think the main thing is basically uh seeing where the the industry is going and then making sure that uh you're able to create the most value in the direction that, that the industry is going with a long-term oriented mindset, right? Like yeah. if if you, uh, for example, if you have like a short-term oriented mindset, right? You're gonna go between like trends and be like, oh, now, now we have this thing uh, and see if you can actually like capture a bunch of excitement and then go on to the next thing. What we do is the exact opposite. We actually build on top of the prior things and strengths that we've done. And so like, that's why we have uh, such a good background and foundation in, in DeFi, right? And then it's a, a lot of multi-chain uh, Frax assets everywhere. Everyone knows of Frax. And then now a tech-oriented thesis around uh, a network that people can uh, finally build on. Yeah. Um, for devs looking that are deciding which chain, which we'll up to deploy on, uh, give us the pitch. Like, why should they come to Fraxtal? What does Fraxtal offer? And also, along with devs, like, why should users come to Fraxtal as well? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, uh, the main mechanism here uh, is flocks. We call them block space incentives or, or Fraxtal blocks. Uh, so, we, we call it flocks for short. Um, the idea behind it is basically uh, 
there is basically a system where when you use smart contracts, you pay for gas as a user or you're the deployer of certain smart contracts that are used uh, most popularly, right? Uh, you actually earn fractal points every epoch. Every epoch at the beginning is going to be uh, every week, uh, just because I think everyone is used to kind of the the gauges that are like weekly, both for frax, for curve, for basically everything, for balancers, VE bal, and all these things. Um, but technically, these epochs can be shortened until they're literally like the chain just works with these incentives if they're every block technically, right? And what uh, Flox incentives are is basically think about just if you pay. One dollar of gas, right? Uh, people have tried for a really long time to basically say, "Hey, we'll give you back that that one dollar of gas." I think there's like gas rebate programs. I think Phantom or Near might have done them first. Uh, there's also other ones now that you know uh, the the sequencer, right? For L2s, there's usually one sequencer uh, that gets all of the the revenue. So like the the actual. Uh, project that runs the L2 gets uh, basically all the fees minus the DA costs, right, to wherever you're going to post the data. Um, and so you can actually return all of those fees back, right? Usually with L1 blockchains, you're not the one running the, the entire validator set usually, right? So you can't give back all of it. But even if you could, it's not that exciting, right? It's like if you think about it, if you deploy like an AMM or something, right, or like you deploy a token and like over the past week, let's say it's super uh, popular, but Transactions are cheap, right? Um, you know, maybe like a hundred dollars of, of gas was spent. Maybe let's say a thousand dollars of gas was spent. That's a lot of transactions and popularity on an L two. Receiving a thousand bucks of like gas rebates is not really that interesting or, or exciting, right? Like it, it doesn't actually make sense for you to be like super interested. Oh, I'm going to deploy on this chain that gives gas rebates or something, right? The main thing you you probably care about, and like we we're obviously developers of like the Frax finance ecosystem, so like we understand is like if your contracts are being used substantively, right? If your contracts are popular and they use a, a substantially large amount of the gas of like the, the actual chain or put it a different way, they're a large part of the block space, uh, you should be getting rewarded a lot, right? You should be getting rewarded like if there's like an airdrop, right? You should be getting rewarded proportionally of like if you're 20% of the block space, you should get like 20% uh. of the weekly airdrop, so to speak, right? Let's say, imagine for a moment there's a weekly airdrop rather than this one big like, you know, I think, blast or other you know things i think they have like airdrop phases and they're just like super huge right and then they end imagine if there was like a weekly period of like airdrops right and then the the airdrops were actually uh easy to understand right if you have a pop if you're really popular right if you have like an nft mint that's like super popular this week or even let's just say like popular for a couple weeks or something right uh you get a big amount of the airdrop of that week right you get a big amount of the points um if you for example uh miss last week because you're trying to deploy your app and you're like oh crap i missed the huge like i don't know like blast airdrop or like man our team didn't make it it doesn't matter there's it's a weekly epoch like the, the next week you just deploy there's no like huge timelines that you have to you, you have to hit or something right it's just this recurring mechanism that's going all the time you don't have to hurry uh you just have to get out your app uh whenever you can uh and then if it's popular and 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 everyone's using it 
there's also other kinds of uh, um, conditions that you said that explain it like I'm five kind of questions. So I like yeah. kind of was trying to do it like imagine it's like a weekly airdrop and whatever DAP is the most popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like extra conditions, for example, uh, to go a little bit deeper. Um, we thought about this a lot. And I think uh, a lot of like, you know, app chains or things that like just want to, you know, focus on one specific thing, they'll probably be inspired by Flux to tweak stuff, uh, even though there's like a super general mechanism. So we thought about like just general block space. What we thought about is um, the first thing anyone ever says is like, oh, you're incentivizing block space, right? So someone's just going to deploy like a contract that just eats gas, right? Like it's just like, you know, you mm-hmm. spend like a ton of gas over like a week, right? Or something. And um then you your contract is the most popular because like you you basically paid your you, you yourself paid like let's say you paid like fifty thousand dollars of like gas right to to fraxtal and then like no one else's contract spent like fifty thousand dollars right and so uh that's like the first thing right it's like people uh you know when ordinals took down like a few of the l1 chains <laughs> or like they spent a lot of the like bitcoin right. gas fees went up a lot people are like okay so you're just basically actually going to take down your own chain as like people like spend a bunch of gas uh, two, two clear answers to this. First, um, no, because we have this thing called, uh, we call it contract rank inside of the Flox algorithm. It's similar to Google's page rank for like domains, mm. which means like your contract, the popularity of, of actually like your contract is based on how many other people are spending a lot of gas uh, as well on your contract. And so uh, immediately the second thought is, okay, well, things aren't simple on a blockchain, right? So like instead of spending $50,000, I'll like spread it out to like uh, 50,000 accounts that spend a dollar on the same contract, right? That's like what everyone says in, initially. But if you think about it, you're not the only person on the chain thinking that, right? So if there's a hundred people or bots, whatever you want to call it, hundred farmers, right? Trying to do the same thing they dilute everyone out exponentially rather than linearly because you have 50,000 people separating into 50,000 like, you know, accounts to spend $50,000 on rather than one account spending $50,000, right? And then all of a sudden you have each of your your one accounts uh, being completely uh, unpopular, right? Everyone's spending there on their own thing. And so the only things that become extremely popular are like actually the the contracts like so they all cancel each other out exactly all the siblings cancel each other out and exactly with real value and organic like organic traction because it comes from a diverse range of sources and demand those are things that make their way up uh the page rank exactly and so so another way to say it is like if if there was only one person gaming it it would work but like everyone, like the the Nash equilibrium kind of is like if a bunch of people try it no one wins and so no one's probably going to try it, hopefully, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll see, right? And and so, like, that's why it's so innovative. And so it's like then if n- no one or very few people or something try it, it actually just ends up being almost entirely genuinely projects that are uh, building real contracts, building real value. And then the last component of it, uh, we call it um, – asset availability sampling, which is kind of like a play on words on data availability sampling, which is like uh, if if people don't know that are listening, uh, DAS is basically how you check if data is available. You you sample randomly uh, different nodes and you make sure that they actually have the data. Uh, What what we do in the Flox algorithm is let's say you wanted to incentivize 
um, you know, AMMs, lending protocols or something to have a specific list of types of assets, like maybe Frax Ether, maybe Frax, maybe partner protocols, right? Like, like you know, my stable coins, USDE stable coins, whatever, right? All of these different things. Uh, what you can do is you can use uh, random number generation, right? And you can actually pick specific blocks across like the, the epoch, which is w one week starting. It's going to be like one week flocks epochs. And you can check at specific transactions, like what is the balance of like this contract's assets? And so like if, if it does have, you know, fracks in it and like how much of fracks it has at a specific random interval, you can kind of assume that it, it has uh, fracks, even though, you know, it, it could get lucky and like it could hold fracks only for half of a, half of the week. Right. And then it could get rewarded for like the, the whole week or something. Uh, you can actually avoid that by sampling like every day. Right. And then you discourage people from trying to game it of like, oh, I'll hold fracks like mm. at every evening or something like that, because you don't know when the random sampling of like assets is going to be. So you might as well just hold uh, if you're going to build contracts that like have assets in them, right? You might as well just hold assets that are included in the you know asset availability sampling part of the the Flux algorithm, right? Because you you should just include it. You don't know when you'll get checked, uh, and so you should just include like Frax assets. You know, partner projects. Obviously, we're going to add their assets to the mm -hmm. to the whitelist, right? And so the whitelist can be, you know, done by FXS governance later. You know, we just release it after the, the chain is, is, is going and after a bunch of uh, Floxy pocs are, are basically um, gone and successful and, and, and points are distributed. And so if you combine block space usage with uh, contract rank, like that page rank uh, algorithm, plus asset availability sampling, what you basically have is like the main ingredients of like a really good uh essentially if you want to talk about it, like uh, explain it like i'm five a really cool airdrop script essentially that can always be running at all times right you can have an epoch that's like a week or you can have an epoch that's an hour you can have an epoch that's every block if you really want to if it, it works really really well um but basically you have this generalized mechanism that you can maybe like tweak depending on like the the rank uh, how much you want to weigh the rank, how much you want to weigh assets or you want to add assets or something like that. Uh, the multiplier of like how much uh, for every $1 of gas, like you want to do $10 or 10 points or whatever units uh, of something you want to reward. And like that's way more powerful, right? If you think mm -hmm. about it, that's way, way more interesting than if you're like, just give the gas back or like we'll, we'll just do like two airdrops or something um, or like a really, you know, one time thing or like a three times a year thing. So like people are like, oh crap, I can't miss this airdrop or I missed it, whatever. Let's go to the next chain that's going to do a, a big airdrop. So we really sat down and thought about the Flux mechanism because we're, we were like, how can we make a generalized uh, system where on the blockchain level, on the block space level, it makes sense to uh, kind of foster this ecosystem of whoever's building the most valuable apps using the most gas, holding the, the right assets and, and the amount of assets. Um, you can't think of it like DeFi, actually, believe it or not, because mm. you're trying to do it on the chain level, right? DeFi, uh, the, the thing everyone's like, uh, you know, already used to in DeFi is 
LP tokens, depositing them in farms, depositing them in gauges, uh, which is great. Frax does that on the on the DeFi level, right? Curve does that. Balancer does that. There's long list all, all of these projects, either uh, solidly uh, forks or flavors, and and like you know Velodrome, all of them. There's like a long long list of projects. They do farming, right? Uh, it's the known, tested, tried, true, you know, it, it works for building liquidity. It doesn't necessarily work uh, the, the best way for building a blockchain network, right? Because you have all mm. kinds of uh, things like NFT mints. You have like, you know, ordinals inscriptions these days, or you, mm-hmm. you, you have people that want to include assets, right? Imagine if, you know, the, you, you have uh, Blast doing these, like the bridge stuff, right? Hey, like bridge all this stuff. Um, if you bridge it, you, you get these blast points. That's just a very specific form of the asset availability sampling, right? It's like, hey, here's the assets. We're going to sample them uh, every randomized block space, right? Uh, and then your contracts or your address or something will make sure to be rewarded properly uh, in points. Uh, the, the thing, for example, Blast is doing is just a very, very specific sampling of just the bridge contract, right? It's basically like DeFi farming of, of like deposits in like a bridge, right? We've uh, generalized it in like a very innovatively unique way that kind of people haven't uh, thought about, but it, it works and we'll see. I mean, like uh, we, we think in terms of simulations and modeling, it's going to work really well. Um, the incentives go live on currently the plan is March 13th, which is one week after the the big VFXS snapshot for, for mm-hmm. Fraxel points. And then the week after the idea is like, then this script goes live. So, yeah. so that's, uh, that's the timeline. So the, there's a few weeks, especially then through ETH Denver, uh, which, you know, the, the Frax team will be there. You guys will be there. All of oh, this yeah. stuff, like time for people to build, get to know the chain, use the chain, try it. Uh, they, they're not missing anything out. They're just, just to deploy contracts. There's nothing, there's no points yet uh, or anything, but there's, there's going to be a snapshot on, on after ETH Denver and then, and then the week after the, the Flocks incentives go live. Yeah, you know, one comparison I'd like to make, you know, you keep on mentioning Blast, but this is basically a, a rolling automated incentive program through the Flux mechanism. And I like to think of, you know, how Arbitrum had the STIP program and there's all this politicking for like, oh, who's going to get the incentives short term, this and that. And it was very, you know, people centric and kind of something like you did in the traditional world. But here, this is a very, you know, crypto native automated approach instead of like, hey, like, Instead of doing all this like politicking and like putting our energy towards, you know, governance, the energy is being put towards, all right, here's this automated script, the flux mechanism. We just need to, you know, make our contract useful, which is at the end of the day, like what you want as a chain or a roll up. And if you make your contract useful, you will be rewarded. It's a lot more straightforward. It's, you know, a lot more elegant than, you know, and what we're trying to build towards in this crypto world and what these such a world or as as least i think so yeah that that's how it's, it's well said because like that's honestly how i think about a lot of crypto stuff which is you want to automate uh certain social kind of agreements right like like mm-hmm. blockchains are basically social agreements among all globally you know compute and connected participants right that are these are the rules right and exactly as you said anything that that can be automated right so like these three rules block space use like gas uh, the rank and, and you know, reputation of the, the contract, like other people, how much other people use it, and then asset availability sampling, like a list of assets that are randomly sampled across block space and seeing how much of those assets and which ones are in the contracts. 
everyone can understand what that means, right? And then they know like the the algorithm, you know, can be open sourced with the computation, you know, hash pushed. So like everyone knows this was actually run, right? And you can prove that later with ZK stuff. No, that's not like ZK computation or anything. It's just uh, normal computation. But you could obviously see how you can, you know, verify the, the validity that the exact computation was run. And exactly as you're saying, much better to come up with a universal algorithm than to say like, hey, like make these all of these forum posts and then, um, you know, have like a human being review them, which is like the old fashioned way of doing it, which mm-hmm. is good. There's also obviously going to be yeah. grants and other things, but the the more automation that actually works well is is how blockchain works right is how you actually get scalability is how you actually grow um that way you don't have to for example have ten thousand meetings with like partner projects you can you Mm -hmm. can know hey this is how the rewards will work and uh it's open to everyone in in a credibly neutral manner Beautiful. And yeah, go ahead, Kit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's also this one more po- uh, element that we didn't talk about, and it was boosters. Because I, I read this in the doc. And like, uh, boosters. When I read booster, my mind just went immediately to bribes. Like, how would someone try to bribe away and the get B this word? boost? Yes, the B word just triggered another B word in the my B head. Word. Yeah. Sam, could you give us a sneak peek <laughs> into the architect of boosters? Yeah, well, I, I think one thing to say that's good is uh, I, I don't think it has a bribe component. Um, so mm. uh, it, what it does is it has a VFXS component. So if you if your contract or your, your delegated contract or whatever is going to receive the, the points for the gas spent and the assets held and all this stuff, if that has a VFXS balance, you get an additional boost of of your of your flux output. So so again, uh, there's a lot of value to holding VFXS or having uh, a contract or um, or basically whoever has VFXS, uh, you know, being a delegate of the contracts that you deploy. Um, so that the, there might actually maybe there actually this is a good point. Maybe like people that have VFXS will want to deploy contracts or, or something to make use of their boost. Um, that, that's also something that's, uh, that's cool. And so the more FXS, basically long-term exposure you hold through VFXS, the more uh, different parts of the, the flock script will be boosted for, for your contracts, for your you know, assets and stuff like that. Got it. So, so let, let me just make sure I understand that. It's effectively, I, let's say I don't launch any smart contracts, but I hold a large amount of VEFXS. I could choose to delegate it to whichever smart contract that I think would get the most usage and I would share in those Flux rewards. Well, that's a, it's an oddly specific question. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there will be uh, a delegation feature uh, for the, the VFXS that is uh, going to be deployed on uh, on like the VFXS staking contract that will be deployed on Fraxel. Um, don't quote me on this, uh, but I don't know if that will be ready by March 13th. But it, gotcha. that was a very good, astute question. But I don't know the timeline of it, uh, genuinely. Yeah. Got it, got it. I'm just trying to help the listeners here because, yeah. you know, once we saw the docs, our imagination started to flow in here. But um, there will be some good usage. Like if you have a bunch of VFXS, uh, again, I don't know the timeline exactly March 13th or, or not, but uh, and you're, you know, not a software developer or something. Yeah, you, you could delegate it for sure, um, uh, but probably a little bit later than, than March 13th. Yeah. 
I'm still marinating on what you said earlier in the interview about, you know, when you are building in DeFi, you're thinking of incentives at an application level. It's all about liquidity. But when you're building a rollup in a chain, the incentives are much different. The actions you're trying to ha get to happen are much different than at an application level. And so there's three parts to it. There's, you know, block space. Um, there's popularity. Uh, popularity, block space, popularity of smart contracts and asset availability, which is kind of like liquidity too. Um, I just want to keep diving into that because I really want to hone in on that because I think people may still be in this like DeFi mindset of like of incentives and airdrops and, you know, that kind of activity. But you guys are really thinking like several steps ahead in this regard. So can we like keep diving in and honing into that a bit more? And like, what the ramifications are, and like, if your guys's worldview is true, what does that mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I will say about Frax overall, both as an organization and like, just about like you're saying how we view the world or how we build, we're really uh, experienced in mechanism design. Uh, that's why, thankfully, we've we've built mechanisms that, on on average, have performed pretty well uh, through a number of different things, like. You know, both obviously stablecoin mechanisms, the Frax Ether LSD that skyrocketed to top four or five LSD, uh, the, the kind of new two token system, right, which is like uh, making, you know, monetary premium in, in one asset and all this stuff. Right. And so uh, we are extremely good at, at mechanism design. That's one of our skills. And, and doesn't mean like we're um super good at like everything but that's one narrow thing that i'm very confident that that we're we're good at and i think as more and more chains are launched right uh people will have to like i was saying at the beginning think about what um what chains have to offer right because mm. because the, the the differentiation between chains will uh be very hard to discern right i mean the, if, if there's like and and I, yeah, I brought up Blast a few times, but there's a lot more uh, other chains that are like Manta, I think Mode, um, a few others I, I forget because there's just like new ones coming, right? And and the idea is like if they all say the same thing, right? It's like there's like good yield, uh, come get grants and you do the grants the exact same way as like all the other 10,000 chains, right? Like Forum Post, like we have a BD like group of people or whatever. Um, that's all good. Like it's worked really well for Arbitrum, Optimism, Polygon, you know, ZK Sync, uh, Scroll, all these things, right? The the big ones that have been early. But but like it's I don't know if it's that's like a thing that's going to work for like a hundred different rollups, five hundred different, right? You need innovation and like new ways of thinking about mechanisms. And uh, I think that this kind of always gave Frax like an edge because like. I think when we launched, for example, Frax Ether, our uh, stablecoin ETH LSD system, um, I think there was like, if I remember correctly, there was like 15 or like 20, mm -hmm. 15 like LSDs. And like we launched it and then we immediately went up to like number four after <laughs> a couple months, right? Because we thought about it so uh, so well and like we thought about it in a way that we're like, we have to, we can't just be like, Oh, like we've forked Rocket Pool or something or whatever. We made it from the mm -hmm. ground up, both in terms of economics, in terms of how the, the validators work, in terms of the liquidity, right? The the actual like the on-chain POL, right, which uses Curve and all these things. And so um, we we just try to look at everything uh, in a unique manner. 
Yeah, let's scroll. To, let's like uh, go down memory lane a bit on uh, Frax's mechanism design. Another, you know, memory of Frax's uh, world-class mechanism design comes with Fraxland during the whole Curve Viper fiasco. Uh, you know, literally the first to be paid off out of all of Mitch's loans. Uh, you know, really, like, you mean talk about like being out in the field and out in you know live action like that, I was that says thinking, it all. I was thinking the same thing. I was gonna bring that up, but like because honestly, like the the whole thing and and I don't I don't want to jinx it, but like every time there's like a curve like you know uh, paranoia or whatever, it ends up being a nothing burger. Like curve is is like a very resilient protocol. Mitch mm -hmm. is probably one of the most famous and and like uh, best builders in the space. Mm -hmm. And so like yeah, he has a giant loan. Yes, but like yes. every time for like the it's like the the boy who cried wolf, but it's like the <laughs> boy who cried liquidation or something, <laughs> right? Like and yeah. it's like I, I don't want to jinx it. Like eventually like it plodes or something, but. But it's like at, at some point, it's like when I read the CRV, like, I don't know, the thing. Oh, my God. Like this huge <laughs> thing. It's like I've read this like 30, 40 times. times. And I, I understand. I don't want to say like I don't want to discount it because like I know people said like Luna, Terra like a thousand times and then they were right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I don't want to mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything um, about that. But. Uh, yeah, our design for Fraxlin, which is like dynamic time weighted interest rates, mm -hmm. uh, it definitely is like the least uh, governance intensive. Like once a Fraxlin pair is deployed, right, the, the interest rates reactive. So it like keeps doubling if it's 100% utilized. If it's like 90% utilized, it'll like go up by like 30, 40% yeah. every like uh, 12 hours, something like that. The equation is on the docs. It's on, it's on chain. It's in the contract, right? It's very, very decentralized, immutable. Um, it's, it's just like you deploy it. It's a lending market. Uh, the protocol also has an AMO, obviously that lends into different pairs. Uh, so it's almost like Frax's CDP system. Uh, we, we don't have like a hard coded CDP system like MakerDAO. We just lend into select uh, Frax lend pairs, uh, like by minting Frax and people take the Frax out, like essentially take them into the open market by over collateralizing and, and paying the interest on the, you know, market set interest rate. And it's like a very decentralized uh, mechanism. It's almost like the, the credit creation facility of uh, the Frax stablecoin. And actually soon, I mean, uh, we already do it for SFRAX seats, so it's like where you get leverage, and, and soon on FRAX still for uh, FRAX BTC. So it's like we actually have, we'll have a FRAX BTC uh, a Bitcoin, peg stablecoin uh, as well. Okay. And so like there will be FRAX lend pairs uh, for that as, as well. Um, and I was about to talk about, ask about BAM, but I want to go into FRAX BTC first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what are your pl plans for FRAX BTC? Uh, how will it work? How does it, with ordinals and, you know, seeing, you know, so much more, fees come in is that where like the yield is coming from like how does Frax btc work how does it get yield um you know well yeah the, it's a great question like the the main reason we wanted to do it for a while uh like mm -hmm. Frax btc is because i i think I, i've said this a few times like in terms of like Frax finance like the the DeFi layer of of like Frax, which is Frax's goal is to be like the largest uh issuer of the most important units of account in the 21st century like so so like basically it's a it, that that's one of the most important financial goals for for like frax finance for frax still obviously to be a huge 
general purpose chain, right? That's like it's a blockchain, uh, you know, with a tech thesis, right? That, that we're talking about for the for finance for DeFi in crypto. I think the largest, the most like largest uh, TAM, right? Like the addressable market is being the largest issuer of these extremely important units. And what are those important units? Well, the most obvious one is USD, right? Like the that one is like the, the thing that all global trade and stuff is. Uh, and yeah, like Tether is the largest issuer of USD basically in the, in the crypto space. And uh, honestly, at the rate that uh, stable coins might go, I think the top two or three stable coins might end up being the, the largest USD issuers, even more than like bank uh, CDs, oh, yeah. like certificate of deposits or something, right? Uh, second asset, uh, obviously, we're very Ethereum aligned. We think Ethereum is a unit, uh, as money. I think the bankless guys like this. ETH is money. ETH is money. Right? Uh, is very important, which is like basically the current largest issuer uh, of, of ETH is, is Lido. Uh, might be Eigenlayer soon at the rate that they're growing, right? Mm -hmm. But if, if uh, Frax Ether V2 has anything to say about it, I think Frax ether will be uh right up there in the the top three i mean we're already four or fifth so it's like top three second or whatever right it's going to be a really interesting you know next uh two years or something right and then last but not least we usually you know uh neglect our little orange coin in the kind of ethereum and, and crypto community but like can't forget btc right can't BTC forget the king yeah the so uh well I, I think a lot of people have uh the, the view that like you know, um, there, there will be a flipping or something. But actually, the main thing I always say is like if some other token like FXS that accrues value for all these things is ever going to be larger than, you know, ETH or BTC or like, you know, all these things individually, it has to become the largest issuer of them, right? Like you're not going to beat Ethereum by saying you're an Ethereum killer, right? You How you're going to uh, get bigger than BTC if you're like trying to be a valuable asset like FXS that accrues the value in the Frax ecosystem, like the power or the, the, the every part of it, right? Like validating a chain, the value of like the finance layer and stuff. The only way to get bigger than BTC is not to like literally uh, now 15 years down the line be like our digital gold is like better than the original digital gold. It's it's the, it's basically by being like our digital gold issued unit is literally used in more places than the literal digital gold. Digital gold, yeah. Right? Like it's like remember back when like like gold, like literal actual like like the gold coins started to be deposited at like uh like like blacksmiths and stuff where paper money like certificates were becoming like hundreds of years ago, right? Were becoming actually uh more and more like used. I think if you look at the, the actual evolution of it, there's there's an inflection point where the paper money, like like people used, end up have ends up having a larger market cap back then even right now obviously dollars have way way larger uh, market cap right but back then yeah. the paper had a larger market cap than the gold that was literally in the pockets of goldsmiths or in their safes or whatever and so like if you want like something like uh, a, a kind of a dark horse asset, so to speak, like FXS or like, honestly, like, like, like Maker, if they branch out into different types of these extremely important units or honestly, Lido, <laughs> Lido and, and Eigenlayer, right? Uh, for, for ETH units, at least. Um, the only way they'll become 
bigger than Ethereum's like market cap is by actually permeating so deeply across like the the world that like they're issued like I don't know Eigen ETH or Lidos ETH or like Frax ETH and stuff right is mm-hmm. actually uh, more in circulation, more in use, more used as like collateral uh, and, and stuff than, than actual like ETH or, or whatever, or like BTC for Frax BTC. You already have that with WBTC, right? The current largest issuer of, of like Bitcoin units is WBTC. It's literally just as good as, as Bitcoin. Yes, there's like a tiny amount of like custodial risk. What if Bitcoin doesn't redeem the thing, right? Obviously, Frax BTC will be totally oh. decentralized and it's like multi, multi-computation threshold redemptions to, to Frax. Uh, Frax BTC to normal BTC can kind of uh, release the docs on that later. But just in terms of an abstract sense, yeah, there's like slight, slight risk between like Lido, Steeth and ETH or like WBTC and BTC, but they're all, they're all just as good uh, in terms of uh, like essentially the asset. Right. And, and that's how I think about a lot of this stuff where, um, you know, you, you basically have to see it as, how do you become bigger than these assets? It's not just by saying, I'm going to do it better. That, that doesn't work, right? Like how many Ethereum killers or how many digital gold things have, have you seen, right? It's by becoming the actual issuer of, of that unit. Yeah. Basically, what it comes down to is when do the receipts become bigger than the asset itself? Whether it's back in the day with gold and, you know, them like the blacksmiths issuing the receipts and those end up being traded and becoming the medium of exchange and over time just through just evolution people just put more value on the receipts than the actual asset and that's how money has evolved over the centuries exactly that's actually well well put when do the receipts become bigger than the asset and i think uh one way you can think about frax is like we want our receipts to be everywhere for the most important units, right? And, and yeah. uh, not only are we able to do that so far on, on different ledgers and chains, but now we have uh, a very unique network in Fraxtal that uh, will be able to turbocharge those units. And it makes a lot of sense why Frax is, you know, at first it built these, you know, in-house sub protocols, whether it's FraxSwap, FraxLand, in each built from the ground up serving a very specific purpose. But even deeper than that, Frax having this, you know, you've said this from the beginning, this positive sum mentality, because if you're going to be the, you know, the all, you know, the receipts of everything, uh, you might, you need to like get the receipts out as widely as possible. And so that's why it's always been this mindset of like, how can we grow this pie together? And I think that's a huge reason why Frax have thrived and why so many builders look so highly upon Frax leading in this manner. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for bringing up the, the positive sum stuff, because I think actually one thing I wanted to highlight uh, is like, you know, it this this like thing that we, we already brought up, like Fraxel is not an app chain. So it's not like a place where mm-hmm. like Frax uh, protocol stuff lives and like that's the use of it. It's actually the opposite. What we want to do, exactly as you said, is make sure everyone that's building just applications, whether they 
uh, are using Frax Lend or, or Frax or even issuing their own stable coins and things like that uh, are getting rewarded. They're getting support in terms of like protocol and liquidity. If you're, you know, doing a stable coin and you do like curve, uh, you know, pools, other AMM pools, right? There's uh, AMMs that are launching. There's like Raw and Ramsey's. There's all these other stuff. And there's the BAM, as you brought up, that, that we're building in-house is like a very mm-hmm. experimental, interesting new take on on both lending and AMMs. It's like a, it's a, it's a fun free for all that's in, in positive sum, basically, right? Yeah. We're not here to be like, use Fraxland and you earn stuff, or like, you know, use Frax, or like, you know, you, you won't get uh, anything if you don't actually just build anything. Uh, and we're, we're going to support it no matter what it actually is. And so, like, we, we have a history of uh, saying that and, and backing it. And that's why there's so many, like, Frax BP pools on. Curve. Everyone knows us. Uh, we want to support as many AMMs, lending protocols, everything as we can. Uh, that's why we built such a generalized flux mechanism. So like if your contract just uses anything, right? Gas and it's popular, doesn't do anything else. Like it's just popular and everyone loves it. Have a bunch of incentives, have a bunch of rewards. We're obviously going to work directly together. Um, like you said, we're very available and positive sum always on the on the telegram channel talking to everyone no matter what they say sometimes like there's like people that are uh never happy uh for anything yeah which is like, <laughs> you know it's like anything we that, love them too we, yeah, we love, we love them, them too i'll be there i'll be there we'll we'll, yeah. we'll chat and uh sometimes they they change their mind sometimes they don't it's all and, cool and i think this is so important to hone down when you say frax is long-term minded this is it this isn't just like some other chain launching with some like quick points airdrops and that's it and people just go extract and move on to the next one which you will see uh this cycle no frax is thinking years if not decades ahead being like this is when they say issuer of the most important assets of the 21st century they mean it they mean they want these assets to proliferate all throughout the economy and all throughout the world that's uh super well said as well i think like if i could make some uh, like like if there's one thing to take away from from this like uh, you know talk, it's basically like we're here to stay. Now I think people believe us uh, yeah. how, how yeah. uh, much staying power uh, we we've had. But like we're here to stay. Uh, FXS is king. Um, obviously not financial advice, but it's basically where all of my own network <laughs> is. Right, we're here to build <laughs> this for like decades, uh, and you'll see us. And it's going to be something like Ethereum. It's going to be something like Bitcoin. It's going to be something like the most important uh, protocols. Um, actually, like maybe another way to say this is like I always like to bring up like Vitalik and Ethereum because it's such a good example of, of stuff because people never consider the counterfactual of like what could have happened if Vitalik just like thought about stuff differently. Like, for example, uh, Ethereum is like number two to only Bitcoin. I- imagine how much like Vitalik could have like basically been like, oh, now like I've, I, I'm trying to decentralize Ethereum. So like I'm not involved. Now I'm building this roll up, which should like scale uh, Ethereum. Right. And, and like now this new token is like like the, the, the roll token or whatever thing. And I'm raising two billion dollars and he's freaking Vitalik. He'll be able to do that easily. Right. Yeah. He'll raise two trillion like Sama. That was the best part. I like I'm raising seven trillion dollars to build God. Like that's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, but 
but like basically like i like to think of it as the vitalik the vitalik story which is like i i'm really inspired by it because like people that are like oh like what are these points like are they going to dilute fxs or like whatever no 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 there's literally like the the vitalik view of it which is like fxs is king fxs is the token it's basically if if you if you like the the worldview and and the decentralized vision and the values that we're building at Frax, that's the token. There's there's no other there's no other people like okay well what will the points do? It's like well, the FXS holders will decide. We have a, we have some proposals because like people have earned these through this mechanism. Uh, they, there needs to be a staking token uh, for these modules. Do we just merge it all into FXS, which I like to think we, we do, or FXS holders might be like, actually, let's do it at this ratio, this much value, this equation, this this kind of liquidity between them, whatever. But there's only going to be one token in the end of the, the this whole thing. And that's always been my preference, unless, unless again, unless FXS holders are like, there shouldn't be more than one token, right? So it's like, yeah. Uh, unless other people have like a different view of stuff that they want to fork or they want to do something. And, and um, yeah, I, it, it's I, just the Vitalik mindset, right? I, I just like to think of it like people, people forget the Ethereum could have turned out a hundred different ways. Uh, it didn't. It's, it's number two. Some people think it'll flip BTC. Right. And, and the only uh, thing is it's, it's the mindset of making sure you're staying true to one singular vision uh, and at least on your preference, making sure that it's always one token, uh, and and that that's what people know. That's what people can, uh, you know, know that they're in the right token distribution, and that it'll all actually work out in in the end in that way. And I can say this uh, from experience: Sam is not FXS. It's far from it. Frax governance is quite decentralized. So if people want it with FXS want to go a different direction, like that is like very on the table. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, that actually leads actually, to my next question really well. Um, wait, Kate, you were going to go ahead? Yeah, yeah. I just, just want to dive in really quick when Sam said, uh, I want to address this f for the, the public right away, is if the VEFXS are not going to get diluted, could you walk us through how do the fractal, or fractal points get converted into VEFXS and, and how does yeah. that system work? What are the scenarios with that? Well, the, this, is, this is the funny thing, which is like, uh, this goes back to people who are never happy about anything, right? Uh, yes. th this is a good example of you're basically saying, tell us about the, the scenario where uh, people hate life about every kind of outcome, right? Which is like the if you have uh, this these point systems, which is basically given out to build an extremely uh, successful network, hopefully, right? Like let's say Braxel is a top five chain in terms of TVL, these amounts of incentives uh, have built a, a dynastic net decentralized network of like extreme epic scale. Uh, that is probably generated 100, 1000x more value than whatever ratio they'll be converted to FXS later. So like that, that's basically, uh, and, and obviously the, the the main thing is basically like and if if for example let's say it's it's not uh, a huge uh, success and it's not top five it's just like a top twenty five chain which is still pretty good right but but like eh it's like not top five for sure then maybe the amount of uh, fractal points given was was too excessive for the amount of value that 
that uh, that basically uh, was created, and that those uh, need to be distributed in, in like a different way, right? In terms of mm. the, the one-to-one kind of ratio of FXS, right? And so that's the that's the kind of thing which is like you kind of have to see what the result is uh, before you can kind of know the the outcome that needs to happen, and the the outcome that needs to happen obviously is is Fraxel being a top five network. And so obviously there's uh, people who are always super, super downer and like super uh, not happy with anything, which is like, if you're doing these points, then what are the points? If it's a, if it's a different uh, system, then why don't I get the, the, the points? But then if, if I do get the points, cause they merge into one token distribution, isn't that, isn't that dilution yeah. of, of like things? So it's like, it sucks. Like just existing sucks. Life sucks. Like everything is, is, is sucks. Basically. <laughs> everything has a trade-off. Yeah, everything has exactly. a trade-off. Exactly. Everything has a trade-off. Uh, and, and the idea is like, you know, if there's enough value created here, then everyone will get so much back more than like the gas spent more than like, you know, like a, a micro cap token, like airdrop or something like that they'll get a kind of historic level of uh, points that convert into a very liquid blue chip token. And then the, like I said, the, the value that's created will be many times uh, more than the actual, you know, airdrop amount. But you can also look at it with the glass uh, half empty type of mindset. No matter what happens, uh, there's going to be some tokens and points printed and, uh, I'm not going to get 100% of them. And so, like, I hate this. I hate life. I hate life. The entire system. Uh, yeah. Why am I not rich? Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, exactly. if, you have F, if, if you have FXS, use, use Fraxel. Use Fraxel. And like I was saying, like, it's just, it's just FXS all the way down. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's like, plus, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that those fractal points come back out as, you know, VEFXS anyways, though, right? So it's not like they can just get it and run away. <laughs> you know, they're kind of tied to the system for, for, for quite a bit. So why would you yeah, want and, to Yeah, and even, even then, yeah. it's like, even then, um, whether they end up being unlocked after their staking period or something, uh, I think, like, everyone is, is basically creating a profitable, valuable protocol that's getting direct support and stuff. So they wouldn't want to run away anyway. That's kind of the, the point. Like, it's, it's not like, oh, like now you're stuck and you can't run away. It's more like, well, ideally, uh, this is the, this is the home that like, like I was actually going back to the early thing is there's going to be like 10 chains launched, like whether they're app chains, new chains and stuff. And, and the most important thing is for people to understand that they they've made the right decision. They feel good about it. They're going to consistently be rewarded. And also, uh, the, the cool thing actually about the, the Fox mechanism is you could just run the, the mechanism with like, different kinds of tokens you can put in your tokens like for your own you know sub part of contracts right as, as well like different projects they can do uh flocks airdrops so to speak um and so the the whole thing is as long as you know there's a lot of projects that feel like this this is the right decision they're going to continue to get support uh i i think that they won't even um they won't even think like, oh, I can't leave because the FXS is locked for like a few more months. It's mm -hmm. more like uh, this is the best location to to be at anyway. 
And uh, that's the most important part. So like that, if there's one thing uh, people that are like thinking about where to build should, should consider, it's that they will know that they made a long-term uh, correct decision. Yeah, I just thought of something. Uh, Sam, I remember when we did our space two months ago, you mentioned AWS. And I want to like go through a hypothetical scenario uh, with AWS. Imagine if like AWS split early on, like split off to become its own company and basically rewarded its power users with, you know, AWS shares. That's basically the scenario that would happen if, you know, Fractal ends up being a top five chain and, uh, you know, the points turn into something more liquid for Fractal. Is that like a good comparison? Yeah, that, that is actually, or, or I think in, instead of AWS shares, just general Amazon shares, unless general like, Amazon. yeah, unless like people didn't want it and wanted specific AWS shares, but yeah. that's a good way to put it. Like uh, Amazon, when it started AWS in like the early 2000s, right? Uh, I, yeah, I brought up this with you in a, in a different conversation, which was like, if you think about it, every, everyone back then could have been like, why are you guys doing server stuff? You're, you're, you're selling books and now you're moving into more, you know, other stuff to sell. How does selling stuff online, you know, at all compare to like server infrastructure and stuff like eBay was selling stuff and people were selling stuff through eBay. You don't see, uh, eBay web services or, or whatever. Right. Uh, but Amazon did it right. And now Amazon, like AWS is like, I think, what is it? 30 or like something crazy, like a third of 30, 40% yeah. of the profits of, of Amazon, it's arguably more important than than like most of their their like online marketplaces and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's more systemically important. I actually see exactly Fraxtal as like that, like the, the AWS of like the financial stack that, that we've built. It's AWS is more general, right? Like AWS is like mm -hmm. a compute uh, cloud. And, and it's not just, you know, there's not only just marketplace on it, it's everything. There's like AI tra training, there's like hardware, all this stuff that's being hosted on it, right? And Fraxel is kind of the same thing. It's a, it's a hard tech play uh, and, and it's all in the same universe of Frax. And a lot of people are like, well, why are you guys just doing like such a hard thing, like a generalized modular blockchain? That's like there's teams working on this and, and stuff. And imagine like, you know, someone saying this to like Jeff Bezos in like 2001 or something like, why are you building uh, AWS? There's people tackling this. Why don't you stick to just, you know, uh, selling different kinds of books and the new stuff you're selling like this year or that or something, right? And you... Uh, obviously you you know the history said no right yeah. and so like people will will see like the the same thing hopefully with frax still being a top five uh systemically important network yeah i read somewhere you know how amazon was able to spot that opportunity with aws was because their margins were so much lower compared to google who had you know outrageous margins from ads it was just a money-making machine and then with microsoft they were just so focused on the app side with like microsoft the whole microsoft suite and operating system they didn't even think about um you know the eight like store like server space and so amazon not only like came up with it first but had like a seven-year head start before anybody else was like wait a second this is the most important thing yeah and and uh i think like uh like i was saying there's going to be thousands of chains and like the current like what is it 50 chains or something Fraxtal is in the in, in like the the early the early innings, right? We're in the top one percent mm -hmm. of like chains that will 
probably exist in the future. So super early. Yeah, I want to get back to Fraxtal and talk about the end game, which you stated is a uh, ZK L1 where people commit block hashes to the network, uh, something kind of like this like thin layer, like similar to like DA of Celestia. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but can you uh, go into a bit of this end game you see for Fraxtal, you see a universe of you know Fraxtals Fraxtaling out. Uh, let's get into it. Yeah, like uh, that's actually a pretty good uh, kind of conclusion, uh, so to speak. And if you saw the launch uh, thread, the last kind of post was like, you know, in the next thread we'll describe this. And then there's this figure of like, it's like a bunch of concentric circles. And the only thing they have, you know, in, in like uh, in common in the center is like, Fraxtal, like the at least one module, right, in, in the different kind of uh, Fraxtal chain, right? Um, and the most important thing is like what we want to make sure to do in the long term is as many other chains and networks as possible to connect to Fraxtal in not just like, hey, here's these like 10, 10 bridges uh, and like one of them connects to you know, Fraxtal to this specific chain, that one has uh, this or that, but we want to connect it on like a, on the, on the client, the state transition level. And in order to do that, right, like you have to basically make sure that there's uh, the Fraxtal chain as well as the other chains that would be interested in integrating into this are aware of basically the root hashes or the state of both Fraxtal and then Fraxtal as well as the uh, root hash of the the other like L1 or other roll-up and everything. And it, it kind of goes it kind of back to this uh, vision of making sure that we're, we're, we're as mo modular as possible because one of the things is like, I don't know if you guys uh, cover kind of the, the different roll-up roadmaps of like the major roll-up providers like Polygon, Optimism, uh, Arbitrum, ZK Sync and all these things, but they all basically have their own kind of like interoperability thesis, right? Like ZK Sync has hyperchains. Uh, Polygon recently came out with the ag, ag layer. It's like an aggregated uh, layer of like... Um, different ZK EVM chains and other types of chains that opt into uh, their ag layer. And obviously Optimism has the super chain, which we're working towards and being one of the inaugural uh, chains that have interoperability between. But all of those different things aren't interoperable specifically between each other, right? And obviously not the extended L L1s, right? Like Solana, Cosmos, Near, and, and all these things. And the goal with like, Fraxtal is if we can actually be this kind of singularity uh, of like where everything is uh, basically seen as like the ordering of, of the state of thing, these things, there's different apps on all of these chains, not all apps, right? Different apps that could actually make sure to look at the, the kind of global ordering of, of state transitions across the entire essentially universe of like chains that Fraxtal has awareness of, right? And so they can make sure that their apps, whether they're built on Fraxtal, they're built on Near, they're built on another op stack because it's super chain compatible or on Polygon or something, uh, is, is able to actually always uh, function atomically. And so uh, obviously we haven't released a lot of stuff, so this might sound just kind of like this big uh, vision, but our, our next thread or 
a lot of this next stuff that I'll probably like lay out is how we'll actually be able to do that. Um, and a lot of it, like, like you're saying before, I kind of talked about it with you in private and like a bunch of other people. And actually, I will be talking about it at ETH Denver. So like the the, yes. the keynote that I'll, I'll be giving is uh, about this and it'll actually go into more detail. Um, and so uh, that'll be really interesting. But the idea is if you, again, if you deploy on Fraxtal or you use Fraxtal modules like, like this, uh, this that's aware of all the other different chains, you can know that you've built a good DAP because you won't have to actually redeploy in all these different places. Uh, you, you'll know that you actually have one global state that you have to, uh, you, you can actually use and you, you won't have to like keep track of everything, have different types of bridged assets and stuff like that. It's the Fraxmas worldview. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. All roads, all chains lead to Fraxel. That's a good one. And that's yeah, a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, before we go, I mean, we usually do a lightning round, but I just want to cover like, what does Frax have planned? What do you have planned at ETH Denver? So, you know, let's, you know, let's uh, go over it. You're, oh, you yeah, have a number of speaking engagements. I think so. I have like three or four. I, yeah, I have three, yeah, four, I four, four. <laughs> I, hopefully I don't forget uh, like the, if yeah. there's a fifth. So I will be at App Chain Day, um, obviously talking about flocks and why apps should uh, deploy. And when is that? Better. Actually, when is that? Uh, I, I, I'll go. The, so, the 27th, I believe. February, yeah. like, there's four things I have to keep in, yeah. keep in mind. There's, I think, 27th, right? It's all I, on my calendar. Yeah, so February 27th in the afternoon, I believe it's the, the final keynote talk. So I think it's around like 430, 4.40. Sam, Sam, it's your talk about basically Fraxel. Um, it's App Chain Day, but the talk is about this general chain of Fraxel. Uh, next day, we have a stable summit where you'll be giving two talks. One would be like a 45, 60 minute workshop. Uh, and another one would be a 15 minute presentation on Frax V3. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure when your keynote is. I don't think that's been announced yet, but you'll be giving the keynote at East Denver. I think I believe yeah, you're one of the first people announced. announced. Yet. Hasn't yeah. been announced yet. And then also we are hosting a Fraxel in time. Uh, celebrating the launch of Frax, so bringing together people in the Frax community, outside of the Frax community, a lot of my friends, a lot of friends from all over the place coming to celebrate Frax. So we're going to have panels and we're going to have a surprise musical performance. Uh, from I'll give you a hint of who it is. When I was in New York, I if you look in my background, that's all I got to say. You guys just like look what's behind me. But someone that will celebrate uh, the deep bass music culture of Denver. I'm really excited for that. Um, and so, yeah, those are the four speaking engagements. Uh, you know, fra Fraxel time is March 1st uh, from 3 to 8. Um, we have limited availability. So if you're a dev, please hit me up personally. I'll get you on the list. We want to get as many devs in there as possible, uh, help you deploy it to Fraxel. Um, even if you're not going, if you can't make it to Denver, hit me up, hit Sam up, hit Kit up. Uh, we want, you know, we want you on Fraxel. Um, so, and, yes, sir. Or even and, if you're not deploying on Fraxel, come and be our friends. You know, come, like, that's come be our friends. Yeah, yeah. You're come like, we're going to deploy on Fraxel. We still love you. Like I said, positive yeah. sum. Like we always just want to meet cool people. I think there might be a fifth one now that you the listed those out. I haven't gotten confirmation, but I thought there was a stablecoin uh, fireside chat at ETH Denver. Um, not for sure because they haven't given me a time, but like like I said, there's so many stuff, so there yeah. might be that as well. A fireside yeah. chat at ETH Denver. Yeah, and you know, it's going to be a busy, busy week. So we're excited to see you there. If you're a dev, if you're a user, if you're just somewhere around, come say hi. Um, Sam, uh, where can they find you? Uh, where can they find Frax? 
yes, sir. At uh, Twitter slash X is just my name, Sam Kazmian, uh, as well as uh, everything Frax is still at the slash Frax Finance, even though uh, it's now um, as well as Frax still content. And same thing with Telegram at Sam Kazmian uh, at, at or t.me slash Frax Finance. This is the uh, Telegram uh, channel. And I've been checking out Farcaster. I'm not saying I'll be as, as uh, uh, active, but it seems super cool. So that's also the same username at Sam Kazmian. Yep. You heard it here, uh, guys. Uh, follow Sam, follow Frax. Uh, for all the latest updates and sam thank you so much for coming on next time we got to get into like there's so much stuff you can get into frax but i just want to keep it at frax with this one there's so much exciting more stuff in the gambit but we'll save that for next time uh, yes, sam thank sir. you so much for coming on and we'll see you soon see you guys thank you man all right everyone welcome to the post game show i'm your host defi dave here with capital k and sam uh and we just finished a huge 7-0 episode with Sam K himself showing huge. up huge, huge, huge. <laughs> uh, showing up in the flesh to uh, talk everything Fraxel, everything FXS, and everything the long term end game of Frax. Uh, guys, uh, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Kit, you can go first. Dude, this whole incentivization going to the real users and the smart contract that deserves it. I think Frax is always going to be the one that starts it and then everybody just copies them afterwards. Oh. I think this is one of those. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that the biggest challenge that we're going to have is just uh, getting the word out. Okay, and, absolutely. And making yeah. sure that every developer out there knows that Frax is the place to deploy. Like if, you, if you're successful, you not only are going to get revenues from the, your app itself, but you're also going to get paid by the network as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, agree with both of you guys, like getting the word out. Uh, most important, th probably the biggest challenge. And also like, you know, the massive unlock with these block space incentives uh, that they have cooking up. And I love, I said this in the episode and I pondered it a bit more during it and after it. Like everyone's still in like basically the mindset of DeFi summer of like, how do we incentivize at the app level? But now as we enter the the next cycle, as we are in the next cycle, and everyone's launching a roll-up, the incentivization game changes. Like you can't do what you did, you know, back years ago. Now you have to think about like, how do I bring the most use to my roll-up or chain? And that's exactly what the Frax guys have done. And, you know, they are absolutely world-class in mechanism design from the beginning. I mean, they were the first ones to realize like, oh, Curve is the center of the of pricing power in the stablecoin universe and then some. Uh, you know, let's like go all in on that. And they did. They built out Fraxe ETH. They're just like, hey, how do we build? And they were like, hey, LSDs, LSTs or ETHPEG stablecoins. Like, how do we build uh, the best ETHPEG stablecoin that's an LST? Came up Frax ETH, catapults ahead of inc people that have been in the game for years to be uh, top five in that regard. And then with other, pro you know, primitives such as like Frax Lend, you know, the all curve story. So, you know, there's very few pro protocols with as many W's as Frax and in incentive mechanism design in that regard. Uh, and you're seeing it and you're seeing it copied over and over again. Um, and, you know, Frax is gonna have first mover advantage again with this block space incentives. It's just a matter of getting the word out. Uh, before, getting the word out, you know, Fractal coming out uh, fully uh, in a few weeks and being able to stake by March. He said the, uh, the snapshot's like March 6th to stake your FXS. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's when the real fun begins. Coming back to the incentives thing, I I don't think it's replicable by other networks. And I think the the core issue here is that if you're using like ETH as your gas token, uh, there's a there's a disconnect that happens for when um, the, the, all these transactions are made. Like, it, it, sure, we, we might see other networks come out and say like, okay, we're going to give more than $1 worth of, of a locked governance token that unlocks in like a year or four years or something like that. Like, that, that's probably going to happen. We'll probably see that at some point. But I don't think the whole system works without having an integrated LSD, which is also part of the network as well too, because there's this like reciprocal function that like as more gas is being spent, if it's just ETH, there's really no drive uh, to, to, to bring in more revenues. You're, there's this whole yeah. revenue source that you don't have. But because there's an integrated LSD with Frax ETH and then also Frax as well too, once that gets added as a gas, uh, now you have like w- when all this gas gets spent, all it does is just suck frax ETH that would be in the stake frax ETH vaults away from there, and it's burned, and then that goes to the sequencers, and then it gets passed on as block space incentives. Um, we all know how that's happening, but the the yields going up on stake frax ETH will bring in brand new ETH, right? And that's going to flow into fra- into into Fraxtal, and then additionally, it's going to create a ton more revenues that go back to VEFXS, and so that that kind of dual sided system is the core piece which i think is is just going to make everything work here yeah and the fact that frax have built all these building blocks you know before the chain itself like somebody changed this launch and they says like hey come here but like not only do they have these block space incentives which are revolutionary in themselves but just years of you know building out all their stable coins building out all their sub protocols like the fact that like oh they built out fraxeth who would have thought in hindsight that that fraxeth would be become the gas token of fraxtal right. and every eth i'm not sure if you guys i mean i'm sure you guys read the docs all eth that is bridged to fraxtal automatically turns into fraxeth mm-hmm. automatically yeah. So if you have like a billion dollars of ETH bridging over to Fraxel, that's a billion dollars of Frax ETH that is now in in Frax in the Frax ETH system. That's huge, and that's yeah. big, and that increases the yield, and it's just flywheel. No. Well, problem. think about this for something like Blast, right? Like all the ETH that they get gets turned into to Steth, mm-hmm. and that Steth, I mean, all those revenues just go back to Lido. They don't go to Blast. And and blast yeah, with this, it would go to FXS, and this is exactly. like our job to get the word out of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The drum. And and all that and all that new like uh, frax ETH yield or sig frax ETH yield, right? Frax gets a cut of that, and all that goes back to VEFXS. So I think there's this like double sided. It's not just one flywheel. But now we have like a two sided flywheel where like uh, more gas being spent here increases yields. More yields mean like more ETH flowing into into frax ETH. Uh, and then people are going to want to go somewhere with their frax ETH, and that'll be on to Fraxel, yep. and all of that pushes FXS up in the end. FXS is king. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I also one side point out of Fraxel that really caught me was the M two discussion. Like, how do you beat ETH and Bitcoin? All those things. Like, frankly, you don't unless you, you don't. basically you consume them. Like, you just eat them into you. And then you become the 
you become the ETH. You become the BTC. <laughs> when know, the receipts like, become the assets. Yes, yes. When the receipts exactly. become when the, the receipts become the assets. I think yeah. that was like, whoa, that kind of blew me away for a bit. Yeah, that's the part where I got like an energy booster in the interview was just like, whoa, like here it's like are we you know, we know Frax is thinking decades ahead, but to hear like what that looks like, it's like, whoa, it's it's mind blowing. Uh, was this yeah, his so first time talking about it? I mean, he's like, talking about the, the M2. Frax BTC oh, on, on, on the pod, like confirmed. Yeah, I think I think in this variation, we might have talked about it sometime last year. It was speculated and, in 2022, and they've been thinking yeah. about it for a while. Like, this is something that's mm-hmm. been on the roadmap, but not pursued. But now I think, you know, in this time, like, they're going to – I think it's a lot easier to do it now than it was, you know, over a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, cl- closing in uh, this episode, what are your guys' final thoughts? Fractures to 1,000, guys. <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> <laughs> not financial advice, everyone. Not financial, advice. Not financial advice. It's my financial advice. And also Sam's <laughs> as well, too. You know, he talks about how fractures is, you know, pretty much his entire bag. And so uh I think we share the same sentiment and you know we Sam are... is literally like as ride or die frax. <laughs> like it's it's not a game. And I I just like I'm thinking about this, like a lot of projects like they they raise like a round and they raise like more rounds and they expand their staff and they do things in a very traditional manner and hiring like traditional BD, traditional marketing, traditional growth. Frax only raised one round and everything that they've done, they it's like all self-sustaining. Everything they've done for like, you know, with their with everything they've done in DeFi the past three years and now everything they've done with Fraxtal, uh, you know, it's building like a much more resilient system than if they were just like kept phrasing to expand like this is like the long like it's windy at this point so i i did like the discussion about bribes when it yeah. comes to the vefx boost boost uh, boost so i mean sam didn't even give us anything <laughs> you know it, i it, it, I, it, I read it, it, between it, the lines there you know because i was just like, like yeah it's like there. he's like I'm not going to tell you. We're going to wait till after. There's like so much stuff to there is to be determined. Like it's like Schrodinger's uh, L2. Like there's so many different, uh, you know, possible scenarios in the future Fraxel goes to. Like what will Fraxel points like become? It will become something liquid and valuable, but like what exactly? We'll find out. Uh, yeah. You know, what will the bribe system look like? Um, you know, how many protocols are going to redistribute? redistribute points uh you know cheetah is doing that and a few others have told me they would like to do that as well so a lot of things uh in the gambit but uh anyways uh if you like this episode um and like what we're doing here at flywheel please go ahead follow us on twitter at flywheel DeFi. give us a retweet give us a like leave us a reply let us know what you think if you're on youtube subscribe hit that bell button subscribe to all our latest episodes and updates leave us a comment let us know what you think Give us a like, share this with your friends, uh, follow us on all our socials at FlybodeFi on Twitter, TikTok, and Telegram. We are now on Farcaster. Please follow us on Farcaster at Flywheel. Yes, we got Flywheel, the username. That's pretty dope. Uh, and also, please, please go ahead down, go to FlybodeFi.com for all the latest Frax updates, Alpha. You'll be the first to know anything Frax related. Go ahead, subscribe right now. You'll thank yourself later. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at DeFiDave22, and I'm also at DeFiDave on Farcaster. You can follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And I'm at traders underscore insight. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.
Everything said on this episode is not financial or tax advice. This channel is strictly for educational purposes and is not an investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any assets or to make any financial decisions. This video is not tax advice whatsoever. Please talk to your accountant and do your own research.